Have you ever seen an armadillo? These leathery shelled creatures with the long snouts? You might picture them waddling through a Texas desert, but over the last decade, they've started to migrate into Illinois. Now they're overwhelming the southern part of our state and are showing up as far north as Peoria and Springfield. Thanks to wetter summers and milder winters, armadillos are really liking it here, and they're continuing their march north toward Chicago. They aren't aggressive. They do pose a disease risk. Armadillos are just one of a few known sources of leprosy. Augustine Jimenez is an associate professor of zoology at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, what you might call the epicenter of armadillo activity in our state. He joins us now. Welcome to Reset, Augustine. Thank you very much, Mary. Um, we understand you've studied armadillos for more than 15 years, first in Latin America and then Nebraska and now in Illinois. Do you think they're following you? Yes. <laughs> I have that impression for a number of years, especially after I moved to uh, to Carbondale. And, um, my colleagues start tell, tell, uh, telling me about their um, activity in this area. So um, for for those of us who grew up in Illinois and were not used to armadillos as a native species, can you give us a little of uh, of their history, where they're originally from? Yes, so I would be delighted. Armadillos are uh, members of a very unique order of mammals, the Senarsans. They are closely related to um, to anteaters and sloths. They uh, they are basically originate, originated in South America, where we're going to have the uh, greater number of species. There are some areas in the core of South America, and this area that they call El Chaco, which is uh, uh, includes parts of Brazil, most of Paraguay, southern Bol- uh, Bolivia, and northern Argentina. And in those in, in those uh, areas, we can see up to ten, ten species in some in some areas. So there are 23, 24 species of, of these um, armadillos. Uh, we only have this one in the United States. And were they brought here or did they walk up here? That is uh, apparently the, the, um, the, the result of them walking in through uh, across the United States. So at this point, we we believe that that they are uh, basically dispersing on their own. And and how are they getting here? Are they showing up along highways in suburban backyards? In in the area of the of southern Illinois, they are they are essentially everywhere. They mm-hmm. they like uh, edge habitats, especially because uh, they could they could find a lot of insects, especially larvae that they can feed on. Uh, feed upon. So, so in that activity, uh, kind of like roads, sort of provide a, a, a good pathway for them to move uh, move along. However, uh, uh, we, we also believe that their main pathway of dispersion is rivers and streams. Those areas are going to be richer in um, in, in habitat for insects. Uh, the armadillos are primarily insectivorous. And then also are ideal paths for their dispersal. So their banks of rivers and, uh, and creeks are, are, are one, one of their avenues. As uh, you might guess, armadillo means little armored one in Spanish, which is, you know, cute. But for people who've never seen one, you know, in their yard or near a river, could you describe an armadillo and how big they get? 
Yeah, the armadillos are probably uh, roughly the size of a large house cat. So the ones that we have weighted in, in, in the area uh, have reached a, a weight of about six kilograms and eight, um, uh, six kilograms, uh, close to seven. So that could be like uh, 12 pounds, uh, close to 13. The, the animals have a very long tail that is covered with osteoderms, meaning that they are covered with bones. So their skin has uh, bones embedded, little plates uh, that make them kind of like look almost like reptiles. They are reptile-like in appearance, but they are totally um, uh, mammals. Um, the I, organisms. Oh, 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 sorry. I was going to say, I understand that they burrow, that they um, that oh, they yes. like to burrow into the ground. So, are they damaging yards or or crops? Yes, that is one of the concerns that that we have. See, in the for the longest time uh, when uh, when I arrived, people were in a fascinate a stage of fascination with armadillos because of their uniqueness. But now we are seeing the other side in which they uh, burrow, they dig very quickly, uh, and then they are trying to dig to reach those insects that they are going to feed upon. And then some areas that we have seen that are uh, hold a great abundance of insects are going to be flower beds, and then in some instances manicured, uh, uh, you know, like grass, right, uh, right. lawns, and then they dig into it. And then that causes some of this uh, confrontation between uh, landowners and armadillos. So um, I have to say, seeing an armadillo here in Illinois would probably stop me in my tracks. Like, I've grown up here. I've never seen one here. What role, Professor Jimenez, is climate change playing in driving armadillos north exactly? It's essentially, they, they are part of all of these trends. Uh, the, this trend is, is uh, we have evidence that they have done, or relatives of them have migrated north in the in the past, also uh, with, with with bursts of warm weather. There are other species have act, actually have done that. In this case, we're going to have the perfect storm. That is the landscape landscape modification that provides the ideal kind of like barrier. I mean. Not barrier, a lack of barriers for them to uh, to to move forward, move northward. Uh, then, in addition, we have the lack of natural enemies, especially people don't consume them. And, and the third factor that goes with the climate and weather patterns is that we have like like super milder weather uh, uh, during the winter that actually promotes their uh, survival. So, um, in periods of winter, they are expected to go on starvation. Or, or essentially die because of the cold fronts that we might experience. And that is not happening anymore. Uh, uh, they, they are surviving. So, so in essence, they are kind of like one of those examples of how the, the, these, these uh, changes in the weather patterns, this, this, this climate change is, is driving them north. And and we know that they've been spotted around Peoria and Springfield in central Illinois, could we be seeing them north of I-80 around Chicago or the suburbs? They, it is going to be likely, especially sporadic views, sporadic records of them are expected to happen. And the reason is that we have seen records of animals dispersing in Lincoln, Nebraska, in, in uh, ah, 
the name of the town escapes to me, but then in uh, Wisconsin and Ohio, they have, uh, they have Michigan, they have actually been recorded. Oh. So, so the occasional disperser might be, uh, might be there, but we don't believe that the weather conditions are prone for them to establish a breeding uh, colony or a you know, their breathing range, as we call it. Okay. Um, one of the reasons I'm feeling a little squeamish during this conversation is we know that armadillos can carry leprosy. Um, can you tell us why that is and how big of a concern this should be? Yes. Well, uh, first I could recommend people not to be so concerned about the, the that, that fact is, is, is uh, the nine-banded armadillo some uh, 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 squirrels and uh, human beings are the only comp- compatible host with this bacteria that induces Hansen, Hansen disease. So, so in armadillos, the prevalence is, 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 is considerable, but it varies. So not all of the armadillos are going to carry the pathogen. Further, the, 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 the uh, contraction, people contracting the disease, or the pathogen is going to be very, it's going to be a rare event. And then even from, uh, if, if one is exposed, contracting the disease, uh, meaning that, that the person is going to uh, allow the bacteria to replicate is going to be extremely rare. Uh, and then this disease, because then the bacteria needs to, to find a, a, a human being who is seriously immunocompromised. Now, we don't want to to find out by experience, by personal experience, if we are going to be one of those unlucky individuals. So as a consequence, we recommend uh, people just to basically avoid uh, the manipulation of these, of these wild animals. Uh, and the, the base of that recommendation is that there are lots of unknowns relative to the transmission of these bacteria into human beings. Um, at this state and age, it is sad for me to tell you that most of the records or most of the evidence that we have relative to this transmission is sort of circumstantial. In that, like, say, people in Mississippi have been found have, uh, uh, with, the, with the pathogen, and they just tell you uh, in their medical history that they once handled uh, an armadillo that was bleeding because they shot them in the yard. Or the other records in South America were hunters uh, that, that subsist on, on, on bush meat, just basically that hunt armadillos for subsistence, carry this pathogen, and it is prevalent in their, in their uh, locations. So are, their, I, I know that armadillos have the nickname Texas Speed Bumps because they get hit by cars okay. so often. So here in Illinois, people have called them possums on the half shell. Um, why do they, they fall victim to the traffic? Well, for several circumstances, and the one circumstance and, uh, that we can credit credit with is that they have very poor vision. Even if if a driver uh, just switches the lights to high beam, the the animals are not going to react to them. Uh, they react when it is too late. Essentially, when they having uh, hit. See, on the animals that we uh, recover from major roads. Most of the main impact is not on the sides, but it is uh, usually on the back of their uh, shell. And then we, we, we credit we, the reconstruction that we made is that in some in several instances, these animals actually are 
literally run over by a semi. Mm. And then when they are in the middle of that noise, they jump, and then they basically uh, uh, collide against that high-speed vehicle but they, by the, from the underside. And I understand so, you, you referred to people consuming armadillos. Uh, Professor Jimenez, have you tried eating armadillo? Absolutely. No, I, I not only have, I was successful on, on, on consuming <laughs> these, these animals in several places. As I uh, told you, let's say in Mexico, the first time I saw an armadillo was when I was a kid traveling from Acapulco to Mexico City, and they would sell them on the side of the road, just kind of like to uh, for for people to to eat. And what do they taste uh, like? Well, they taste like pork, but then see, like kind of like it, it, it reminds me of the uh, kind of like tender pork, the baby pork, uh, uh, baby ones or the tender ones that one consumes for Christmas or Easter sometimes. Okay. So then in several locations, they season them with lots of things. Augustine Jimenez is an associate professor of zoology at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Thank you, Professor. Thank you, Mary, very much for your attention. We're going to leave you with this song by a man fed up with the armadillos in his own backyard. Armadillos keep digging little holes in my backyard and every time I'm barefoot it makes it really hard when that sun goes down they can all be found setting little traps back there armadillos are so rude armadillos they don't care Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.